receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Uh, how's the sound level? Are Sounds good? just fine. All right. Yeah. I'm uh, sitting behind. I assume then what we've been watching behind us now is Revenge of the Sith. Because I'm it's so behind f- you too. Yes, it's but it's behind you, and that's why I'm watching over your shoulder. Well, then there's You're watching original over Star Wars. Uh, the and on Hope. the other side, there was Rebels being okay. shown on the other screen. Oh, where's Rebels? Uh, well, so wait, wait, wait. Uh, so Return of the Jedi is Return on that one Jedi's by the pool there, tables. Yeah. On the screen on the other side of this one. Oh, I see. Facing where away. Chayton, from, where yeah, Chayton yeah. is actually sitting. Right. Uh, there was Rebels when I walked in. Okay. And on, on this side, it's definitely Revenge of the Sith, which is also we're behind Reven- you. We're, we're, we're and a, over to the right. We're in a, yeah. a, a center we're, of Revenge of the Sith. Everywhere I look, it's Palpatine. It's Palpatine. wrinkly Palpatine. Well, he just got damaged by the Force lightning. Because Mace Windu. Oh, yes. No, no, no. You don't have to explain it to yeah. me. I remember. No, but but uh, he was just earlier looking just, you know. And there's poor Hayden Christensen. Yes. Gloomy because his career just Same. ended. Why don't I have a better script? No, you know, I read no. an interesting profile on him. He's actually, you know, become a useful member of society. He's not like Jake Lloyd, uh, okay. who was treated very unfairly. Um but uh, Hayden Christensen's apparently very happy and was very happy and and, go, and really enjoying himself at Star Wars Celebration. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they've added a new a new drink here. Uh, the Finn and Poe. Do you remember that? This no. is like a whole. No. It looks like they've added. They've got a Kylo Ren. No, they too. had a Kylo Ren. I've had a Kylo Ren before. I don't think Where's I. Where's the Darth Vader? See, it's gone. Oh. Wait. No, it's on the other side. Okay, so there's the classic Star Wars cocktails. And and then this is sort of I guess this would be the Force Awakens, uh, you know. Well, it is kind of you you got some crossover. The Finn and Poe. Yeah. So um, all right, you know, we we may see. I'm I'm waiting for them to put the Poe boy on the menu. We will have to. I don't know why is not. But you know, we've had that suggestion a couple of times. Like, why aren't there actual food items that are Star Wars games? The corn dog should be the the brown lightsaber. There's nothing about that that sounds appetizing, Rick. <laughs> Were you ever in marketing? No. Uh, no. And Well. I'm a product developer. No surprise. <laughs> All right, engineer. No, but it's just better. Um, it's a feature. Uh, so, yes, I mean, we should also, you know, we can also say that the, uh, the Scum and Villainy Cantina did extend for a month. Somebody smiled at you. Yes. And it's so rare. No, it was flesh-colored clothing. It's a little distracting. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, out of the sand. Corner, out of the corner. Sand colored. Okay. All right. Oh, and there's a maw. All right. So, uh, we are recording on 
May 4th. This is May the 4th be with you. Star Wars Day. It is the Star Wars Day Fanboy Planet podcast, and we are podcasting from Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Thank you to Paul and Maria Cunha for agreeing late last night that, yeah, hey, you guys can come on down. Was Paul here when you got here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I did say he's over there at the bar. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, I'll, I'll order food afterwards. Uh, but uh, I said I want to call him over because I thought if we're going to be here for May the 4th be with you. Well, you know, the magic of what I have set up here now, we can walk over there. Oh, my God. We can actually. Shall we do it? I just have to pick up these wires. There we go. All right. And we can actually. This is amazing. By the way, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, mobile producer. And uh, we are podcasting, once again, on May 4th. 2017. We're going to go to the left. Yeah. We're going around We're the Death Star Siamese. Tower, uh, you know. And uh, so we got some movie news, some comics news, some TV news, but we are going to talk about Star Wars. And what we've just discovered, Paul just looked over, we, Paul, can come to you. Okay, we're going to go to the end of the bar. He's oh, going to come to he's us. He's coming around. He's, he's coming, coming around. to us. All right. So I thought, just to honor, because we've never really talked with the man, we've talked with the man who created the Star Wars themed bar. But to say right now is, what do you remember about the first time you saw Star Wars? Uh, I would say 1983-ish. New kid on the block, made friends with somebody down the street, and he introduced me, hey, look at this Betamax I got. I've got the movie Star Wars. Betamax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, now, was it a blank Betamax that had been recorded, or was it a published Star Wars Betamax? Nope, it was, it was legit. It was okay. not, uh, not, okay. not a bootleg. Because that wasn't my experience. I do remember, <laughs> yeah, I had a guy down the street who was an engineer who had a pirate version. But that was not the first time I saw it. So yeah. uh, That's all it took. And then it's like, hey, look, I got these toys that go along with the movie. And after that, uh, yeah, for a solid good... You know, good couple years, and then it faded out, like it does for everybody else. Uh, and then it wasn't until 22 years old, classic story, when I was done with all my toys, I packed them up, Grandma put them in the shed, come back, you know, 15 years later, whatever the case is, and uh, sure enough, toys are still there. This is right as the uh, they released the special editions, so they got uh, the big push for the new toys. I'm like, hey, these new toys coming out. Let's see if I got my old stuff. And uh, thousands of action figures later, here I am. And you immediately said, I should open a bar. Uh, I wish. Uh, this was totally by accident. I would not I would never have thought this would have worked, that people would have responded as well as they did. But uh, it just little by little, it slowly, one, one May the 4th party at a time, it just got bigger and bigger. You'll soon be in a situation where you're going to have to say, what am I going to get rid of? To put up this new stuff. That's the the problem I had. You see the new the Mythosaur sign I hung up. Right. Uh, that's the problem I have now. Is that uh, all the artwork and posters had to come down for that to go up. Had to play a little game of Tetris on this other wall to get the stuff to fit uh-huh. back in there. But super happy with the way it came out. Um, I, you could like you know uh, take over the taqueria next door and, and just, you know, tear down the wall. Long range plan. Yeah. yeah long range. Somebody, somebody suggested, oh, make a portal through that wall right there. Yes. That'll be Star Trek. This will be Star Wars. And Interesting. Interesting. I will always be here. <laughs> uh, no, now, just a question because it, it seems to me like your entire collection must be here. But is there, among like the old toys, is there a holy grail 
of Star Wars items that you really, really want and have just never, never given it and got. That I have. Well, okay. I, of your old collection, what was the what was your favorite okay. piece? I of still kit? have it. It's from Empire Strikes Back. It's the Dagobah playset. Oh. I hadn't even seen Empire Strikes Back, when, but when I got this playset, my mom just knew it was Star Wars. She got it for me. Still hadn't seen it. Uh, I still have it. It's still in one piece, minus the foam uh, sand pit where Luke uh-huh. sinks into. But other than that, that is still by far my, my, my favorite piece that I have. What about pieces that you've seen but you, you want? Right, that's what oh, So I, I can go so many different ways. Um, I've been, I, I wish I could go back. I, I wish I could find more of the 12-inch figures. I always passed on the 12-inch figures, the big ones. I always thought, uh, no, I, could buy, I can have more fun with the action figures. But now looking back, I have some 12-inch figures, and I'm thinking to myself, man, it would be really, really cool if I can get the rest of the run. Anyone in particular? Anyone in particular. Say Boba Fett, say Boba Fett, say Boba Fett. Boba Fett, maybe. Actually, I was thinking Han Solo. Yeah, that would be cool to have. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. We're going to let you get back back to a a very happening uh, fourth fourth party and then trivia contest tonight, and then there's a... It's so much more happening this weekend. It's just going to get better and better. I'm glad you stopped me now. I probably wouldn't have a chance. Exactly. So, all right, man. May the force be with you. And also with you. So, you want to talk to anybody? We got. Oh yeah. I mean, I think we should we talk we, to we've Ray. Got, over we've here. got a Ray here. We've got someone dressed up as Ray, and you're here for the trivia. Are you cheating? Are you like writing out notes? You're practicing notes at already? time. I studied a lot. I did a lot of studying before. This before this. You're studying for? For the trivia night tonight. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Have you done this before? I came last year, yeah. And how did you do? Not as good as I'd hope, which is why I'm studying. <laughs> how long have you been studying? What are you What are you using as source material for studying? Um. So I went to another trivia night over at Chromatic Coffee, and okay. so I'm using all of my notes from then, and then I looked up... Um, a bunch of different Star Wars trivia things online and tests, and I was like, oh, maybe this will help, and then I tried to write down when all the movies happened and narrow down all the actors. So you've gone so far as to, as to cosplaying tonight, so the real question is, how did you get into Star Wars in the first place? Um, gosh, I don't remember. I remember when they did the re-release, and I was a little kid, and... I went to the the re-release party and it was like the best moment of my life seeing like the the big ship go by for um, A New Hope and then I was like my world's changed forever so yeah how old were you when you first saw Star Wars gosh I know I saw it before then but it was in the theaters that it was really exciting so I think I was like nine probably but I think I saw it younger so us too. We were like nine the, so, the first so, time. So does the Ray <laughs> does your Ray costume work in your strategy on winning at the at the trivia tonight? Um, it works in part of my strategy because I know that they give a special award to the team with the most spirit. And so, ooh, I didn't know that. There's a team spirit award tonight. Yes. Wow, it so, smells that way. I'm really. I won it last year just by being really loud. Ah. And I'm thinking that this will make it even better. There you go. What's your name? Camille. 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 Sarna. All From right. uh, San Jose, Sunnyvale. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, well, it's she only panicked. appropriate. She panicked a little. Ray would not know where she she's actually from. She That's has true. No idea. 
I think that if at some point you can reach your hand out and make a lightsaber fly across the dining room, that would go. That you will win. That would you go. will that win. Would this is gonna happen. So I think you need to work a little harder at that. You know. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, okay, somebody's got to throw it. If you just reach it and, you know, toss. Who's got the best arm at this table and can help her win? Not me. No. Well, I know. You have to catch. All right. So you're all part of, the, you're, you're all part of this uh, team? Yeah. All right. And do you have a team name? You need a team name. We were thinking of David Hasselhoff. What was the other one? Ooh, that's not bad. That's it's not bad. good. It's not necessarily Might Star Wars. Well Night Rider, yeah. It was Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff? Hoff? That's what she said, oh, David Hasselhoff. Okay. okay, okay. okay. Mysterious is the dark side of the moon, yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. we have to figure... We're, we're still thinking. We're toying with a few different names. Well, well good luck to you all. Hope you all right. Hope you don't beat us. No. Oh, no. Are you saying? I won't. I, yeah. there, uh, that table, at every trivia, has the best name ever. Mm-hmm. It's always Kylo Ren and Stimpy. Well, all right. You've <laughs> not been able to beat that. I'm not the only cosplayer So... Kylo Ren and Stimpy is the team to beat tonight. They're just well, no, they usually don't win. They're just here. Every oh, week. oh, okay, okay. They just, just have, here every trivia. they just have the best they name. Just have the best name. Who's the team to beat? Us. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll have to update next week to find out who won. So cool. Thanks for taking a moment. Let's get back to studying because I mean this is going to be tough tonight. It's going to be tough. Okay. So we're going to talk to anybody else, sir? Well, there's a Han Solo. There's another cosplayer. Well, that's, so the, that's the. I think that's the Kylo Ren and Stimpy group. Right, so is this the table of Kylo Ren and Stimpy? No, this is not. What, what, what is your team name tonight? No idea. This is my first time here at Trivia, so I have no idea what to expect. But you dressed up. I just... Yeah. This is just... I said just regular day wear. Your regular day wear? Yeah, yeah. Regular day wear. I'm just... You know, it's Thursday. Oh, what? This whole thing? I only wear that when I don't know what Kessel Run to make. I like vests, and I got this open carry weapon. Yeah, all right. How'd you get into Star Wars? Uh, I'm actually here because the uh, the person that runs the trivia night is the founder of the uh, South Bay Star Wars Fan Club, and I am a active member in the group. Sure, but how'd you get into Star Wars in the first place? In the first place? Uh Probably the same story as everybody. Just when I'm younger, just got got into the got into them when uh, Episode One came out. Uh, I was there uh, to watch it when it first came out in theaters, and from there, been hooked on it ever since. All right. Your name? Uh, John. Not Han. Nope, just John. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you, John. Uh, we'll see who's the team to beat tonight. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks. Good luck. All right. So let's get to the main uh, main podcast. I think so we can do that. We can do that just because uh, I don't want to be talking over the actual contest. It's too bad we're not videotaping this so people can see how elegantly we move all these wires around. That was almost smooth, and we didn't we didn't you strangle know anyone. You know what? For a first time walking around, yeah, that was actually pretty impressive. Uh, and ooh, the final fight! Right? Wait, were there uh, spiders in that? It's the lava. The lava. Yes, yeah, so the lava planet. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, as I did say, we have some comics news, some movie news. It was great to be able to talk to Paul a little bit. And, uh, you know, even though by the time this podcast comes out, there's no way you can make it down in time for the fourth, you should be coming down to Seven Stars Bar and Grill. And as I, as I mentioned up, up top, if you're interested and you can check it out on Fanboy Planet. So many people who were here for uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con ended up down over here at, at really? Seven Stars. I think primarily because Paul had a booth. And, uh, yeah, actually, Luke was a little disappointed at me that we didn't, that we didn't go on Saturday night. But I said, you're not, it's not going to be as, you know, 
for you the fun you want to have. But uh, I did mention uh, as we were kind of rolling into this that the Scum and Villainy Cantina down in Los Angeles, actually in Hollywood, uh, has extended their pop-up run, and so new tickets are available. And now they're doing so they're going through June, and they're offering one of those. You can have like a multi-night. And so you can buy a pass that just allows you to go in at any time. And there are a lot of uh, Star Wars, you know, fans, Hollywood fans. Uh, I know a lot of fr- friends of the comics industry that have been going down there. So if you want to be seen, once again, cosplay encourage the Scum and Villainy Cantina. I think we have to provide the atmosphere. But yes. when the atmosphere is cooking in that place, it is awesome. So uh, there's a link on Fanboy Planet. Uh, the big... And should we say, non-Star Wars news, but it's very important in the comics world, is that the Eisner nominations came out this week uh, at Comic-Con. And we get to say, ooh, for yet another year, I can officially say, I will be going to Comic-Con. Uh, but Now, uh, I know we can cover this before. Who nominates for the Eisners? It is a... It is a I don't think it's a secret, uh, but it is a group of... Uh, they choose five judges or six judges... And uh, because there's an old podcast, an old car cast, because Car D'Angelo, mm-hmm. the owner of Earth Two Comics in Sherman Oaks, was a uh, was a judge one year. Um, so he went through that process. That basically they they sequester them for a week, and they you know say these are our criteria. There you know these are our nominees. Uh, you know not not these nominees, but here's what's eligible. Yeah. And then the judges get together and discuss what should be uh, the. No- the nominees, nominees for it. For so, you know, there's a lot of different things. I'll just go over a few high things. As always, what I think is interesting about the Eisners and I think is good about the Eisners is that it really does go deep into the industry in a way that if you walk in a comic shop and you're a DC or a Marvel fan, there's going to be a lot of stuff here you've never heard of yes. that if you look at this, yes. maybe you should check it out. Um, but they typically do deliver a high-quality uh, set of awards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, absolutely. But I'm looking at, like, even when you go best short story, the only story that even looks familiar to me is Good Boy by Tom King and David Finch in Batman Annual Number 1. I don't remember the story. I remember I remember buying the annual, but I don't remember the story. But everything else are books I've never heard of. Kramer's Ergot? Most, I, I, I'd say, about, only about half of the artists or uh, mm-hmm. the creators I'm, I've heard of as well. Yeah, I feel so. good here uh, in best single issue one shot. I did read Beasts of Burden, What the Cat Dragged In from Dark Horse uh-huh. by Evan Dorkin, Sarah Dyer, and Jill Thompson. I enjoyed that. And you got uh, some favorites like Criminal is there. Criminal's 10th anniversary special, but I did not uh, read that. Best continuing series, Astro City, which we just don't praise enough, you know. Yep. But it, in line with the Hugos, both Paper Girls and Saga are nominated for best continuing series. As well as the Mighty Thor. Which we have to remember is the female Thor right now. Still. Right. I know, that's right. The Mighty Thor is is uh, Jane Foster uh, by Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman and, and an Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips series along the lines of Criminal called Kill or Be Killed. Limited series. Uh, what do I know best? Here's the Star Wars com- crossover. Right. Han Solo by Marjorie Liu and Mark Brooks was nominated for Best Limited Series. Uh, which is a great series. I don't know if you read it. I, I'm happy to see Black Mask, the publisher, yes, yes. Uh, up there with this book, Kim and Kim. The Vision, which, by the way, the last issue just came out on Marvel Comics Unlimited, so I have finished the 12 issues. Yeah. 
that is one powerful, powerful, amazing story. And it's one where you come into it and you go, this is kind of crazy. And then you get drawn into the story and the the characters. And to say that these... Heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking story. Uh, Best new series, Black Hammer. We've recommended that. Yep. Clean Room I hit by Gail Simone and John Davis Hunt from Vertigo. I have bought the trade paperback. I haven't been able to read through it yet. Deathstroke. That's Rebirth got a new, got best new series, uh, Faith, which I would totally agree with that nomination. No, no, I guess yeah. a great series, uh, Mockingbird. I haven't read that by Chelsea Kane and Kate Nemchuk. Best publication for early readers, you know. Again, out of there, just a whole bunch of different. I just want to recommend by name of the title. I I don't know the quality, but Narwhal, Unicorn of the Sea. I I've highly that. recommend that. Yeah. Uh, Sight unseen. There are best publications for kids. Ghost by Raina Telgemeier. Uh, Bay Area art creator, Raina Telgemeier. Uh, and they've divided up in best publication for teens. I think that's great. They're, again, a Hugo nominee. Monstrous. So we really got to pick up and read Monstrous. Uh, got Jughead in there from Jughead, Marky. which is great. Uh, Jughead appears twice. Also best humor publication. Uh, Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. Getting her own TV series. Uh, Love is Love was just added. There was controversy because of something about Amazon. I, I did not oh, really, really understand. It was not originally included as best anthology, but Love is Love has now been added to the nominee list. Uh, which, ca- which category? In best anthology. Anthology, okay. Uh, but again, a lot of anthologies you may not have seen if you just walked in and looked at the, hey, new this week. you got to look deeper some of this. And this is available on, by the way, the Comic-Con Dot org the website they, uh, for Comic Con in San Diego has has a listing of best reality based work. One that I really really need to pick up is that Dark Knight, a true Batman story by Paul Dini and Eduardo Riso. Everyone I know who's read that has said that was an amazing amazing book. And uh, March book three by Rep- U.S. Representative John Lewis, Andrew right. Aiden, and Nate Powell. Um, I can't recommend that highly enough. That's book three. There's, you can buy a box set of one, two, and three, and it may be one of the best purchases you make this year in terms of graphic graphic novels. Uh, I'm going to, you know, again, uh, just to kind of go over best graphic album, let's see, best U.S. edition. I mean, it gets deep, and, and uh, I'm looking for, I'm astounded to notice, by the way, in best archival collection project, uh, that I have not noticed that somebody's reprinting Walt and Skeezix, which became Gasoline Alley. Oh, wow. uh, so I just love that, that that's being preserved. Um, and they divide up by decades, too. So yeah. uh, there is a nomination under Best Archival Collection, at least 20 years old, Trump, the Complete Collection. It is not the adventures of our U.S. president as a boy. It is a humor magazine by Harvey, Harvey Kurtzman being reprinted by Dark Horse. This one's big. Sam Glansman, who's been really overlooked over the years, uh, is a nonagenarian, an artist still working and still publishing, who was, who turned his experiences in the Navy into some of the best war comics around. The collected stories from Dover Press called USS Stevens about his experiences in World War II are now available, uh, and that's been nominated. Uh, best writer, Max Landis. Just when Nate mentioned just a couple weeks ago that we should be looking at Green Valley, Max Landis has an Eisner nomination. nomination for yep. it. Best writer, artist, 
Uh, best penciler inker. Uh, you can listen to last year's podcast post uh, Comic Con to hear an interview with Dan Mora, who got uh, best newcomer last year and now is nominated for best penciler inker for Klaus. Uh, Fiona Staples for Saga and Brian Stelfreeze. Say what you will about Black Panther. I know that some people have not enjoyed that book that much. Oh, but, the art's splendid. But Stelfreeze is yeah. amazing on yeah. that. Um, uh, no surprise. I think any year that Dave McKean does something, he's nominated for Best Painter or Multimedia Artist. Uh, and so I'm going to, you know, again, let's just go through and say anything at the end. I, we were talking briefly before the podcast about the, the one that, I don't know, people need to write in and tell me about. If they're paying, if they're doing this, is there's a difference between best web comic, five right. nominees for best web comic, and then nominees for best digital comic. So things through Comixology, and because I, I don't see hard copies in stores, uh, there's a lot coming from Monkey Brain, Bandette, uh, Edison Rex, TT. I don't know what the TT stands for. Uh, Helm from Crookshaw.com, On a Sunbeam, which is on OnAsunbeam.com. And and it looks like this would the digital comic would be a uh, panel syndicate would be like a syndicated comic strip site uh, universe by Albert Montes. So uh, check out this list and see what you don't have, what you haven't read. Some really interesting stuff. Dark corners I'm going to go into. So let's get to what is in the bag. Okay. This week, what comics are new that we want to recommend? So um, my first book. And I, we talked about this before that I'm going thematic this week. It'll take a, like two two uh, issues to figure out the theme. My first book is all new Guardians of the Galaxy, which is the re the relaunch number one um, of the main team book for Guardians of the Galaxy. And you know it's it's with a new team, a new creative team as well. Uh, and in fact, that they say is all new, but it's not. It's the same. It's all, I don't know why. All new stories. I think it's all new creative team. Is what you, I think it you, is. You it's, pegged it right it's there. It's Jerry Duggan, who uh, was the writer on Deadpool. Right. And probably still is. But you have them interacting. You know, they're doing Guardians things. It's it's The thing I, I wanted to... <laughs> like that. They're doing Guardians, Guardians things. things. Well, what I realized this week was that Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of... They're kind of a cross between Justice League International and Thunderbolts. Because they are, they do kind of heisty things. They are good guys, and they are funny like JLI, but they're superheroes, and they do the right thing at times. But their motivation is usually like, almost like Star Star, yeah, almost like Serenity, where they have to keep the ship going. They have to keep moving. They're almost out of money. They have to find a new hit. They have to, they're in debt too much or whatever. So you know, it is interesting because this book does, after a time of having messed the team up. Post uh, post Civil War, the uh, Secret grounded, Wars, the, the grounded, grounded and, series, and the thing was a member for a while. Yep. I was talking with David J. Fowley from Keeping It Real this afternoon, and we we're saying how it is interesting because this team, which is the popular one, it's no, it's almost like buried the original concept, which was that far future team, right? And then that Valentino right. did, and I said, you know, it's just interesting how. This is Guardians of the Galaxy, people. The fact that there have been two, pre- essentially two previous incarnations. Yeah, gone. doesn't matter. Gone. Well, they've they've had them cross over. They've had them show up. They they they've had books where all three were actually in play at the same time. But this is what people know because of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the smartest book 
that Marvel is definitely, releasing this week. And, and if you go to the movie this weekend and you come out and you want to buy a comic because you go to free comic book day on Saturday, um, then you buy that one. That is the book most... Well, I take that back because you're going to recommend I'm You're going to go there. Well, let's, what's your book? Uh, what's I'm going to go book? next with, because I think it's going to be the most... Probably the biggest news story of the week is the official Secret Empire number one, which is actually Secret Empire number two because they released Secret Empire number zero. Zero, yeah. For no reason other than to have a Secret Empire number zero. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say, because way back when, when Captain America was first revealed to be an agent of Hydra, a sleeper agent, and we talked on this podcast and said, look, it's just a story. It's all going to revert. All's going to be fine. This is actually a really done... Con- you may not like this storyline. You may not like the concept behind it. But it's interesting because I feel like the, the really interesting thing is... I don't know at this point. If you read Secret Empire number zero... I know Rick did. I did, But if yeah. you're listening... No, I'm saying because yeah, yeah. you talked about it the oh, last, sure. last time we were here. You read Secret Empire number zero and there was this whole thing about how... that that the Allies had a Cosmic Cube and that actually Hydra had one World War II and, and that Cosmic Cube rewrote things so that, you know, so I don't Which even know. Which is the story that the, the most recently Hydra Cosmic Cube rewrote. Right, so, so I don't know what, onion, onion I don't know what the false. truth is. It's a parfait. I like yeah. parfaits better than I okay. But how quickly um, there's a very chilling thing going on yeah. is this book opens with a kid going to high school and all the children remember the way history was taught until Steve Rogers came out. And so, uh, until Hydra took over. And so there's punishment for remembering the way the textbooks used to be. So I know it's all fiction, but it's just an interesting commentary about the malleability of history and so forth. And how quickly you know things are. Hydra takes over, yeah. and it's just—I think it's—it's it's well done. It's—it's it's a very—it's um, a story they've been thinking about for quite a while, yeah. and the way that they're bringing it into the other books in the rest of the Marvel Galaxy is very well plotted. Very—I'm I'm not resenting this event the way I've been resenting most of the events in the last decade, and in fact, I—I'm. I, Probably buying most everything that that is related, except for titles that I don't normally buy. But I think I might go through. I think that's what it's going to be. Whatever I normally buy, yeah, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I think I'm also going to be fine reading straight through Secret Empire and getting the plot. And, and I think your father would be fine. And and by the way, people, at the end of it, everything's going to be just fine. Yes. And yeah, so I'm gonna leave it at that. What's next on yours? Next on Could it my be list. the Guardians of the Galaxy book? It might be. So the they're also coming out this week with a Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which is a number one issue. On the cover it has a big number one. It is a one shot. And it is so there will not be a number two mission breakout. This is, as we discussed beforehand, this is the book that should be available at Disneyland when you are at California Adventure when you come off the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And when we say should be, don't worry, it will, will be. be. You um, exit through the gift shop. Because this is a story that, that that gives you the backstory for why you're going into the Tower of Terror, which has been redone as the Collector's Palace. No, no, it's not the Tower of Terror, Rick. 
Which it's is Mission it? Breakout. Now it's Mission Breakout. It's, it's the collector's. It's the collector's warehouse. Right. Which is where this ba- this story basically takes place, and we have a picture. Oh no! The ride actually happens in that book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is the plot. That is the plot of the ride. So. This is a good. It's a it's a good single st- shot. I think this is also the book to pick up if you go to the movie and you don't want to get in into another series. You just want to buy a comic that's Guardians of the, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, all self-contained. Don't need to read anything else. Mission Breakout. It's the book. Well, and it's also the one that I think is more all ages. Yeah, I think it's too. more appropriate if you've got like an eight-year-old who comes out and loves Rocket. I think it'd be better to just get this one shot. And go. I made a pilgrimage yeah. to the tower last weekend, and it looks better than I thought it was going to. Good. In many places, you know, so we'll see. It's the other not nice, open yet. The nice thing for the for the hardcore collector of, of comics is there are a ton of little Easter eggs in this book. It's just it's it's really nice to uh, to read through. I've heard rumor there are a ton of little Easter eggs. Oh, I've no doubt, no doubt. So you know that's. I've had no confirmation. I don't think Fanboy Planet will get any special access to it. Right. But you can bet that the second weekend it's open, I'll be there checking it out uh, and, and seeing. Because they're doing it. They've already got the, the, the billboards up. The Summer of Heroes. Groot will be a walk around. You can meet, you can meet Groot. And uh, the ride looks, it, you know, the exterior looks cooler. I was sad. I was sorry to lose Tower, but there you go. Yeah. Next up on mine, I uh, just because I think it's all it's worth mentioning and going having people go back. Yep. You recommended the first issue, but the Commandy Challenge. I would say this is the book that my son is looking forward to the most because uh, we just mentioned you know Dan Mora on Klaus. I'd say when Klaus was coming out, that was the book that when my son got into the car said, "Is there a new Klaus?" Really? For the last last couple of months, he's been coming in saying, getting into the car saying, is there a new Commandy Challenge? Nice. Nice. And the other great thing about it was it got him really, the cliffhanger aspect got him really hooked. Okay. And then got him interested in having me take off, take my copy of the Commandy Omnibus right. off the shelf to let him go back into Jack Kirby. Excellent storytelling. So, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting and it's fun. And so the new Commandy Challenge, this one by James Tynan, uh, is the writer. And uh, Carlos Danda on art, you can hit, listen to an interview with uh, James Tynan on the podcast from last year's Comic-Con. Who's so, the, is, is Tynan doing the cover art on that too? No, he's the writer. He's the writer. Uh, pardon me. Carlos Danda is the uh, main Dan. cover artist. Actually, this is kind of cool. It's uh, it's Paul Pope. Oh, okay. So they just got people who love Kirby, yeah. and love Kamandi. Well, it's the it's definitely the same kind of Kirby framing and characters, and yeah, yeah. So. No, I like it. Uh, so next on your stack, well, the last one I have is oddly enough another Guardians of the Galaxy book. So this week we had three. Oddly enough, along with the movie Do coming tell. out, three Marvel Guardians to Guardians of the Galaxy books. This one is number one of, I think it's going to be five. It's a mini series yeah. called Mother Entropy, and it's written by one of my favorites of all time, Jim Starlin, and illustrated by Alan Davis, who I just drool over Davis's artwork whenever I see it, all the way back to when he was doing. Stuff Which, by the way, has ruined every single Alan Davis book that, that Rick has. It's, it's all watermarked. Yes. So, um, 
I'm not going to spoil anything other than the fact that uh, Starlin is known for having created a number of characters. Gamora is one of the characters that was created by Starlin, along with uh, you know a number of characters who are were founded around the Thanos storyline. And there's might be some other characters showing up in this book from that time period. So, well, I I think that the that the goal now is you've got people walking in. They want to push the cosmic, and I'll and I'll yep. talk why when we get to movies. Uh, my last book is just to recommend. A, a, let's let's class this joint up a little bit. Oh sure. Kill Shakespeare uh, with what is a, a miniseries called Prologue Juliet, Juliet, uh, which uh, I interviewed. Uh, Connor McCreary, the writer, right. uh, last month for the first issue, but uh, I didn't really review the first issue. Yeah. So I just want to throw it out there that I love Kill Shakespeare as a concept, and this going back and telling the story of how Juliet became the badass that she is that she is in the regular book is really cool. And they've got a, a, a new artist for the series, and uh, she is dynamite, and these covers are beautiful. So this issue, uh, the, the I know, I'm sorry. The artist is uh, Corin Howell, and she is just a great emotive. I miss Andy Belanger, who had done every other issue, but Corin Howell is a great actor as a cartoonist, and it's really good. And then I, I would guess this is how Juliet met Othello. And so this is this is one of those books where I think that if you were a fable, if you love fables. Yeah. This is a book you can almost literally graduate into as far as the as far as the storytelling with characters you know from other things. Well, I'm just going to be and the other thing about it is it's also it's an it's an entryway book for I can't tell you how many Shakespeare snobs I know who have sniffed at me for reading comics and yes. I said you need to read Kill Shakespeare and then they come back to me and say where's the next one? Yeah. And so it is. It's a gateway drug, people. It's a gateway drug, and it's a good one from IDW. And there's a board game which someday I will play. I have it. I've oh, never played it. I don't have it. So uh, yeah. we need to have a Fanboy Planet board gaming weekend. When you get your table. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know this is an audio podcast. You couldn't see the weird glaze that went over Rick's eyes when I said that. Uh, so let's get to movies, shall we? Let me go into cryo sleep until December when the cable is. It's like that uh, that South Park episode where Cartman didn't want to wait for the Wii. Right. So he went into it. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk movies because yeah, obviously there are three books uh, that you recommended all related to one movie coming out this weekend. The review, or actually playing tonight, the review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is up on Fanboy Planet. And... But the news that came out was we we did say uh, I think the last time we recorded that James Gunn announced yes he's going to do the third movie. What is sort of been leaking out is that James Gunn is now the architect of potentially the next ten years of the Marvel universe. of the Marvel universe because Kevin Feige also said we don't know what we're going to do after Avengers four. So Kevin Feige and James Gunn are now getting together to discuss. And it's probably going to be the Marvel Universe. It's going to be. Yeah. So I don't. I, I will be as spoiler-free as possible and Easter egg-free. But, but I don't think that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is quite as good a movie as Volume 1. Okay. And this is part of the discussion I was having with David J. Fowley. Um, but... 
I have to watch it two or three times to try to catch everything because he has it stuffed to the gills with stuff that if you don't know what it is, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't bog anything down. But if you do, right. it's like, what? Is that what I thought it was? Yeah. No. And, and there's there's one. I, I have to, I'm going to publicly apologize right here. This was a screening where they said, only one person can go and it has to be you. You cannot transfer. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm not even going to disappoint Rick. I get down there. It was barely attended. I see the guys from hijinks. And they said, Neil Ferris from Hijink says, oh, we had another ticket. I'm like, there's no oh. way Rick can make it down here right now. Oh. So I apologize That's because okay. I don't, you know, it was like, crap. And I even went to the guy at the front, you know, checking us in. And we're like, because he says, it's just you. And I said, That's all, this, this all they said I could have. And I said, can, can you, can I call Rick? And he said, nah, they're going to get mad at me if I do that. And I was like, but there's nobody here. Yeah. And it was like, wow. but anyway, it's okay. There was a, there was. We have tickets to see it tomorrow. There were at least two moments in the film where I went. Now I didn't want you turning to me and going, "Did you catch that?" But I went, "Damn it, Rick should see that." I wish I could just see Rick's face when that moment happened. Okay. And that's all I'll, I'll say. Cool. And it was it was fun, but it's fun. It's not well, a, you, you know, know. It's one of those movies. The first movie was a surprise. Yes. Because it was a different type of Marvel movie and it was a different type of hero than we had seen before. A different type of group. Um, you know, the whole Thunderbolts, you know, Justice League thing works. It's a caper film. It's, it's all this other stuff thrown together. And doing that a second time is difficult unless you no, and, really and, 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 and as my review says is that that's the problem there are yeah. there are story beats that kind of have it's hard to avoid yeah I do want to say this because it's the opening shot that the ability to make their actors look young has gotten even more terrifyingly good yeah because I swear to God the opening shot I went how did they go back in time and shoot Kurt Russell for this movie yeah. in 1980. Yeah. And then after, and, and there's one angle where I'm like, no, I get it's digital now. But I'm staring at it because certainly, as you and I know, and Nate, if he was on this, would know how many times we watch the thing, how many oh, yeah. times we watch Big Trouble, Escape from New York. And you, we, you we know watch ex- him get more and more grizzled. You know exactly what Kurt Russell looked like yes. then. Yes. And I thought that was Kurt Russell. And it was, I mean, I mean, it was, but it was like, it's so terrifying. Well, they did the same thing in Ant-Man too, right? Yes, but in Ant-Man, it looks digital. It looked more digital. And even, even Darth, uh, you know, Moff Tarkin in, uh, in Rogue One looked digital. Princess Leia even more. This did not look digital. And, you know, like the young Tony Stark in, in, uh, Civil oh, yeah. War. Civil War. Still looked a little digital to me. Yeah. This? No. Yeah. And then there's a shot where it looks digital. But there, but it was like, and I was like, oh, thank God, because I thought they had committed crimes against nature itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Cloning technology's gotten really good. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the Dark Tower trailer dropped this it week. It did. How do you feel, Rick? I think that they made a good decision. It looks to me like 
Jake is going to be the focus character. I think it's the right decision. And I think that, that solves a lot of problems. It allows, allows uh, Roland to maintain an air of mystery mm-hmm. and not have to telegraph everything he's going to do. So I, I think it's I'm very happy with that. Um, yeah. There's a point, of course, where Jake's story gets a little complex. Yeah. And I'll be anxious in seeing if they're if they're even covering that in this film. And here's my fear. I really haven't heard anything about the remember a long time ago this it was like when Ron Howard was gonna direct it, it was gonna roll over into a TV series that yeah, took yeah. Wizard of Glass, you know. And my fear is that this is gonna suffer Percy Jackson syndrome. That they're not sure that they're gonna get a second movie, so they're telling they're trying to wrap up things. I don't know if this is true. But for those who are not familiar with the Dark Tower, in the right hands, if they have the rights to enough books, this is the shared universe of Stephen King. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I was talking to a coworker who just finished the series. Said, if they then go forward and make the stand with Matthew McConaughey as Randall Flagg. My mind just twisted over. I will plot. Because he was originally cast as Randall Flagg, yeah. and then the stand kind of fell apart, and he went in as the dark man. Yeah. So if that revives, and if it yes. succeeds, and it, I don't know if it's the same studio uh, or the same production company, and if it's not the same studio, guys, this is money on the table. Yeah. Cooperate. Yeah, yeah. Because M. Night Shyamalan got to announce that Disney and Universal are cooperating to make the sequel to Split or the sequel to Unbreakable Glass which requires Split and Unbreakable both from different studios to come together because the studios realized there's just too much opportunity here and there's too much opportunity if you can do the King Shared Universe and I'll cooperate so very uh, very excited about it though I mean I think I've talked to a number of fans of the book and everybody everybody is I haven't heard anybody who who thinks it's a bad idea and no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, I, and, and yeah. I would say that Idris Elba removed all my doubts. Yes. Because, of course, all these decades, he's not been my vision no. of Roland, no. but sold it. So, the sad news, perhaps, for people, but I don't think it's sad news at all, Ridley Scott announced that there is no way that Neil Blomkamp, the creator of District 9 and Elysium, uh, is going yes. to get to make his Alien Five and Chappie. Let's for, and and there are fans going oh, and I'm like no no no. Let's go back over that filmography again. You kind of like District Nine. Yeah. You hated Elysium. Yes. You hated Chappie. Yeah, most. So other than the ability to make a couple of cool images, what exactly about Neil Blomkamp convinced you that his vision of Alien? Which, by the way, you hated Alien 3, you hated Alien 4 Resurrection, you were lukewarm towards Prometheus, and now you're hoping that Alien Covenant will be great because Alien Covenant will just be Alien all over again. I actually like Resurrection. I actually love Resurrection, but most people hate Resurrection. So, I am not weeping at the loss of uh, of Blomkamp's version. Can I throw one movie in? Because I don't know if... Did you see The Circle? No, I didn't. I I meant to go. I did go see it. And I think you are about to be the only person in America who said you should go see it. Huh? You may be the only person in America who has told me I should go see it. I still would say the movie... 
it suffers the Hollywood ending. You know, it's if you've read the book, be prepared. It's not the same ending. It was all a cyber dream. No, not right. Not not exactly. But then again, I saw. You may remember a couple of years ago, I saw. Of course, I did because my friend Josh Marks. Uh, created it, uh, the, the interactive play at San Jose State. Right, I'm trying to remember the name of the director. His, um, I don't remember who the director yeah. was. Anyway, um, the the circle, which was they took over a couple of buildings in San Jose State and had a live, ongoing in all these other rooms. You could walk through the the building that was the circle, and that had a different ending too. And when I read the book, the book definitely has the best ending. But I think the movie is probably a little more accessible for the general public, and hopefully people will say, I want to read the book now. You know, what I, you know what I'd love to see? Yeah. Because I was thinking about this, how interactive theater uh, is you know, Sleep No More in New York, this version of, uh, of the Scottish play is right. in- insanely popular. This is where VR is going to blow up. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you created the circle as a virtual oh, sure. reality story, totally. and walk through it and choose who you're following, and it's always different. Yeah, go to different rooms. Oh, it yeah. could be amazing. It could be amazing. Uh, so, oops. Uh, the, uh, my Evernote rolled back to Eisner Awards. Uh, no, go back. Uh, I just want to talk about this movie because I remember vaguely when it was first pitched and I didn't know who was going to be in it. But I want to see this movie. It's going into production this summer. Melissa McCarthy is going to star in a movie called The Happy Time Murders, which is sort of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit produced by the Jim Henson Company in a world where puppets exist in a film noir land uh, uh, alongside humans. Cool. And uh, Melissa McCarthy's quote on getting getting to be the uh, lead now is... When a really good script combines puppet strippers, Los Angeles's underbelly, and comedy, it's like my fever dream has finally come true. Nice, nice. And I didn't realize until today that the Henson Company was was on board with this. And so I'm thinking this is like meet the feebles with a plot. And I cannot wait for this film. So I'm just out there. It's like Avenue Q. Remember, a, we a got world. excited about the Happy Time Murders first. Yeah. Let's talk about TV. I got a few things I just want to go quickly on, and then I know there's going to be one last fanboy gush before we get ready oh, yeah. for trivia. Oh, yeah. Hulu went full series with Runaways. So uh-huh. Marvel's Runaways is going to be full series on Hulu next year. I'm very excited about that. Hulu also has Handmaid's Tale tonight. I watched the first episode and went, I don't know if I can watch anymore. You know, that's a, it's, a, it's a painful book. To, I reread the book recently. Hi. Hello. Hey. What can you tell me about the trivia contest? This is my first time. We do not know. We, it's also our know? first time at the yeah. trivia contest. We're, we're actually a podcast that we record here from time to time. Oh. We thought we'd come down here to promote. What's the name of your podcast? The Fanboy Planet Podcast. The so tell me, podcast. tell me when Fanboy Planet... Fanboy podcast, totally different one. Different one, yeah. Tell me what brought you down here to join the first. Okay, I'd be happy to tell you. It's called Adventures in Common. It's a very new group. This guy just made, uh, with, it's like a bunch of meetups at different places. Oh, cool. And it's his new business that he just launched, and tonight we're having it here. So Excellent. we are one of the many tables that will be involved in the trivia contest. Do you have a team name? 
We do not. You need to work on a team name. You need to come up with... Adventures in Common would be our team name. That's our... You no? need, you, you oh, need, does it have to be Star Trekkie? Star Warsies. If you, if you want to be Star Trekkie, you've lost this game already. <laughs> my advice, my advice to you. And the person who walked up with her just went, I, I'm not in common. I don't know. Hello, drink, sir. <laughs> Two things. Storm the castle. <laughs> You're yet another different film. <laughs> Your, I'm gone. <laughs> your team name needs to be a Star Wars related pun. Star Wars related pun. Uh, so you know there there've been a number of Thank like. Thank you. I'll go get a beer. And we'll the go other th- my other that. advice is to you is to and a wise man once told me this: start drinking heavily. Start drinking heavily. Because yes. that's what trivia contests are all about. Definitely. I figured that. Yeah. Okay. The fanboy podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Fanboy planet podcast. podcast. Fanboy what? Planet. I know so many star things to remember tonight. The Daily Planet. Yeah. It's a fanboy planet. planet. Is it a comic book? It's a website and a a podcast. We cover comics, movies, TV, all geek oriented. Longtime friends, the people here, and so we love coming able coming down for both. And your adventures in common now is that adventuresincommon.com. Well, then they owe us advertising fees. There Excellent. Go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. All right. Enjoy yourself. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Tell Paul we sent you. Uh, so, what were we saying? Oh, the handmade sale. Yes, just very difficult. Just oh. very difficult. I can't wait. I got to watch. But it's like, as I'm going through the expanse, because I want to say, hey, people, Memorial Day weekend, we get to interview the creators of the expanse yep. at Baycon. Ty and Daniel. Ty and Daniel. So I have actually read three chapters now of Leviathan Wakes, and Good. And, Good. Uh, and I've watched three episodes. But The Expanse, such an incredible show, and I feel the same way about The Handmaid's Tale for different reasons. Elizabeth Moss, I can't binge. I can't binge. Oh. I have to. I have to Not digest. I have to digest, and I have to like go give myself time. It really got to this point. We watched The Handmaid's Tale, and I said, "Shall we do the next one?" And Stephanie said, let's watch something light. <laughs> How about Man in the High Castle? <laughs> no, we watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Schindler's List. But, yeah, I mean, that's really what I was like, it's almost two. Uh, no, I don't want to exaggerate because I think that's the problem. On the left, people are like going, we're so close. Not necessarily, but it's but, still, let's take a look at those attitudes. It's allegory, yeah. all right? It's not going to happen. But things similar enough we'll talk to later. bother. I know, we'll talk but, later, but we I just don't want to seem reactionary, you know, and that's yeah, the yeah. thing, is to say, like, it's a fantastic novel, it's a fantastic series, one that may not be that we got the first image of today from Entertainment Weekly was The Inhumans, because I wanted, the showrunner of The Inhumans, as excited you would be, one of the properties that would probably excite you the most to see a movie or a television series would be The Inhumans. Okay. Problem is the showrunner is the guy that created Iron Fist, which to me is the is the least successful. Let me be politic. The least successful of the Netflix shows so far. Yeah. Although, when I put Iron Fist in context of the Defenders trailer that Netflix related released this week, where Iron Fist seems snotty and annoying, it's like that's how he struck me in the whole series devoted to him. But as a member of the Defenders, that's good sandpaper. It's like Lon Lopez joined up. So, uh, oh, he just woke up. I said his name. Uh, he you does know, have an Iron Fist tattoo. He does. I know. So it's just kind of interesting. 
Uh, but the Inhumans uh, image showed up. I didn't see this. Oh, it's on Instagram. I haven't had a chance to post anything. But it showed the royal family. Okay. Black Bolt has no mask. Okay. I, Gorgon looks pretty good. Medusa? Looks like a bad wig, but her costume looks good. Okay. Because I suspect that Medusa is going to be heavily CG'd with her hair. What else sure. are you going to do? Sure, sure. It's got to be con. So oh, you yeah. got to have to. Uh, but the fact that I know, because I, there was like one little Instagram from a distance where they have a life size lockjaw model on set in blue stream. Okay. That okay. they're going to go for lockjaw. I'm like, what about Triton? I didn't see Triton, and I don't think I've seen him cast. Okay. But Karnak's there, and Karnak looks reasonable. Okay. A lot like the last series version of uh, uh, of Karnak. Are they bringing Crystal in? Crystal's there, too. Okay. But, and let's face it, they've got the exact right person, Ramsey Bolton, to play to play Maximus. And Maximus is there, and you could put him in street clothes, and I would go, yep, Maximus. that was Maximus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So no, he's perfect. dead on perfect. So, let's just get to it, right? First episode now, you've seen it, oh, and man. I've seen it, of American oh, Gods. So good. Oh, so good. I, I, I'm so glad we can finally say, I didn't together. realize I'd been holding my breath for like six months on this, and when it was over, and when it was, when that episode ended, I just, and the way it ended, and all the stuff, they, they, kind of, they jammed a couple things in early, but I just went, I have no complaints. I have no complaint. And Ian McShane oh, man. was created to play Mr. Wednesday. I've, I've always loved Ian McShane. Um, I, I think I fell in love with him during Deadwood. Yeah. And um, But this is, this is just absolutely perfect for him. And I will give just one thing is that they give the opening, because the opening sequence, right, is always a tale of the gods coming over. Orlando Jones opens episode two as an as an Ansi. Yeah. Everyone will forget every other actor in that show, and he doesn't appear outside of the opening scene, except that the thing is that uh, Chernabog is the guy who played Satan in Hellblazer, who played Lucifer in uh, Hellblazer, um, okay. and it's a uh, dang. Why am I blanking on the fantastic actor's name? So, this is the thing. When it comes to the gods, I'm like, oh, Ian McShane is a perfect Mr. Na- is a perfect Mr. Wednesday. And then I saw Orlando Jones play Anansi and went, holy crap, that is such a... And it is a searing, searing scene. And then they introduce Chernabog. I'm like, it's, how do they keep topping exactly. each appearance? This is so good. I forgot the name of the goddess of love. Um, that scene. Oh, Bilquist. A newcomer. Oh, my God. Wow. I have a funny Dark Horse comic story of that. Luke gets into the car, gets the bag, goes, what's American Gods? <laughs> and I said, no, you're not going to read that. Right. And I start explaining the story and saying, and this is why you're not. And, he, and then I look back and I just glance in the mirror and I said, wait a minute. You're halfway through it. He goes, oh, yeah, I already started reading it before I asked you what it was. <laughs> All right, but we're going to have a talk about deities yeah, yeah. and uh, maybe not show them the first issue. Because that's where Bilquis really happened, see, okay. graphically in the first issue. But, you know, so, I mean, if you, don't, if you don't get stars, get the Dark Horse adaptation for now. Or even better, read, read the, the book. book. But, uh, you know, anyway, so it was fantastic. Listen, this place 
is hopping. So you know what? Yep. Up top, I didn't say there's anything we talked about, anything at all we talked about on this podcast that you think you want and you can't find at your local brick and mortar store. You can go to the Amazon at, uh, the Amazon box on Fanboy Planet. Of course, each and every one of our podcasts available on iTunes and Google Play, or I'm sorry, whatever you say, it's now Apple Podcasts because they changed the name of the app. Uh, you can find it there. You can find it on the website. You probably already did. Come to us. Help us. And uh, also, if there's anything we that check out Thing Geek. Uh, because I, I, I'm now officially limiting myself to once a month. I can only peek in you can only look once, once a, a month. month. Yes, because I always find something to buy. Yeah. But if you buy through our affiliation, our box, one of the ads or one of the featured articles, we do get a small kickback from there. Uh, and so definitely check that out. And, of course, if you just want to help support the cost of the podcast and the website, you can donate to PayPal through editor at fanboyplanet.com, which is also if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, you say, we want you to record more from Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Fretzender reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. They started Rogue One! <laughs> Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Why was I not recording this? Because I was lucky. My nose is too long for tiki mugs. Mm-hmm. So you need like a, you have to go to like a, like a hospital. I'm like Sierra. place for a, you get us. You get straws. You get flexi straws. That's why God made that. See, that's the thing. It's uh, turn sideways. When you've know. had a tiki mug, when you've drink, when you've had a your, girl your drink, nose, your nose is pronounced, but it is it is it is uh, not pointed. It's, I didn't say it was pointed. Right. It's long. So when you've had a tiki drink, yes. Have you done it like this, or have you done it like this? I think I've done it both, both sipping and uh, slurping. So, the the geeky tiki's are narrower than like the Trader Sam's volcano barrel. Right, those, right, you know, right, right. Those are bigger, and that's those fine. are okay for you. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and the salacious crumb, good luck, good God, it's tiny. It's a it's a shot, you know. <laughs> well, the the um, the idea the idea of straw isn't. It, Horrible. I mean, you just go out and get yourself. No, no, no some I know, nice but we hadn't done it. We just got. We did. Okay, so so you need to stop at Walgreens and, and pick get, up some and nice straws. straws Absolutely. And I'm not saying it's not insurmountable. Tiki drink weekend, but they're all hand, you know they're all hand washed. But now to be-